0: good my next call isn't until five okay
1: yeah we'll definitely aim for an hour ish but i just wanted to check Whew! i feel like i was thinking about it and i was like oh i gotta remember to do the intro recording and then i was like we have to be really careful because i feel like um we have to be careful what we say because ro will just be like this sounds highly embarrassing and inappropriate let's run with this (laughs) like literally Welcome back to another episode of Health Unfiltered. The airways might seem quieter and calmer. You might already just be filled with peace. And that is because Nicole and I have taken over this motherfucking joint and Ro isn't here today. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ro. And no, he's not dead. <laughs> Every time like you miss, like, you know, rest in peace, Nicole. No, Roe is fine. He's working Literally. on his
0: PhD. Oh, my God. He might not
1: survive, though. You never know. No, They're We, like, we had
0: daily. we had Nicole's funeral yesterday. You know, we're fine. <laughs> we're moving on.
1: Pour one out for the homie, and we're going to be <laughs> fine. Let's carry on.
0: Oh, my gosh. Rowboat. Rowboat. I'm excited, oh, yeah. though, because
1: I feel like this was the perfect, perfect uh, episode for us to hijack the
0: podcast and go yeah. rogue. Definitely. We definitely are the experts in both like lived experience and what we we've studied in this area. So I'm very excited too. Nice. Are you drinking anything today? I have a kombucha. Um, it's the hum brand. It's the blueberry mint. It's probably my favorite kombucha brand. Um, it doesn't have a ton of like added sugar, which can be one of the downfalls of kombuchas, but yeah. It's, it's super good with... I don't think I've ever had that brand. It's really good. Uh, the blueberry mint and the strawberry blossom are my favorite from them, but they have some really good flavors. Noise. What about you? So
1: n- nother, Neither of us are drinking alcohol. I am drinking <laughs> um, a strawberry herbal tea. It's mm. really good. I don't know what else is in it, but it's very refreshing. I just let it cool all the way down because it's still so hot here. Yeah. It's like in the 80s-ish, but it feels hotter because of the humidity. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like you're swimming in the thick. You definitely know what I mean. You lived in Mississippi.
0: It's just, it's
1: a lot. So it feels super hot. So I just like let it cool all the way down. But it's very, very refreshing.
0: Yeah. I'm like getting ready for sweater weather over here and you're still in your like little tank tops. (laughs) One of my clients said something. She looks so cute in her sweater. And
1: I was like, oh, my God, it's like fall there. And she's like, you're just still in a tank top and glowing with from the sun. And I was like, yep.
0: Although mm-hmm. I wish
1: like fall would be the one season I would still want to
0: be in the United States for, I think. Because I really love fall. Yeah. That's like, that's a winner. That's a winner <laughs> in the West.
1: I'm getting, like, jealousy of seeing everyone's, like, pumpkin stuff. Like, everyone's getting their Mm -hmm. fall drinks and their – I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I kind of What, Costa Rica doesn't have pumpkin spice lattes? (laughs) Absolutely not. Not a thing. (laughs) I don't – like, flavored syrups and stuff really aren't a thing. They have very good drinks and lattes, but it's just so different. Yeah. And I don't think I've really seen pumpkin anything. I got pumpkin seeds, but, like, you don't (laughs) find pumpkins here. So it's just, like – So, no, I'm missing the fall flavors. But by the time I get back in December, there's got to be some pumpkin left. All
0: the basic bitches couldn't have eaten it up. For sure. And you just, like, make a pumpkin pie for Christmas or something because you just didn't get to. That's a good idea. I might do that.
1: Okay, so first, let's start with our question of the week, which is very relevant to our topic today. And then we'll we'll talk about what that is. But the question of the week is, I tend to have shorter cycles between 21 and 23 days. I've tracked my temps, and I do have a spike in temps for a few days, helping to confirm ovulation. And then I have about a 10-day luteal phase. Would you consider this quote-unquote normal if it's been consistent like this for a while? Anything you would look at further?
0: Hmm, This is a good question. Um, I'm also somebody that has shorter cycles, so I have a little bit of experience in that area. Um, I, from what I have been told just with my own healthcare practitioners and the research that I've done, is it, it is considered normal if we are able to confirm that ovulation through we want to see a spike in temps for about three days. And then we want the luteal phase to um, be at least 10 days. So that is you ovulate, you stop ovulation, and then you go into the next 10 days is completely your luteal phase at least. The luteal phase can be longer. Um, and then that's when you will start bleeding is after the luteal phase. Things that we could look at further is definitely things like Lifestyle and nutrition, and other symptoms that you may be experiencing. So, if you are experiencing a lot of PMS, or there's other symptoms going on that uh, you feel like are impacting your life in a pretty significant way, then we can start to add in a little bit more support. Really, we just want you to like be able to live your life and confirm the ovulation and have this healthy cycle. And that consistency is key as well. So we don't want you to be having a lot of symptoms that are just dragging you down and not helping you feel your best. Um, So that's definitely where that specific nutrition and lifestyle support comes in um, based on what you are experiencing.
1: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, too, as long as it's consistent and for mm-hmm. like, you know, there are going to be some symptoms, but as symptom free as possible, then like you're on the right track. That's yeah. a, a really, really good signs there. For sure. Great info, which mm-hmm. leads us into the topic because of yes. our girls takeover <laughs> podcast. We are talking all <laughs> things, period. I almost wish Roe was here so we could just like watch him turn red and try to embarrass him by talking Mm. about about this. (laughs) Although he's a scientist, so maybe he wouldn't be phased. But we are going to talk about breaking through this old BS taboo around periods. This is something that I know we've shared personally about that, like we weren't taught a lot about. I was handed a book, told to read it and let them know if I had questions. You really (laughs) weren't told much at all. Um, And I think that it's important we start talking about this and bringing some of this knowledge to light so that women can kind of, in my opinion, I think this is like a really good way to quite honestly, like take your power back and understanding your health and your period is your fifth vital sign, in my opinion, or whatever vital sign we're on now. I don't know, six, seven, eight um, just meaning that it's one of the most important things that we can look at for health as women. So what's normal, what are red flags, how can we decode what is going on with our hormones just by looking at our cycle? That's really what we're going to dive into today. So I'm really pumped. Mm -hmm.
0: Me too. And I'm not going to be shocked if, um, immediately after this podcast is uploaded that Ro has done his own decoding period podcast by himself (laughs) to let everyone know his opinions
1: (laughs) (laughs) and by the way we don't say this enough but like pause if you've been listening to this podcast and you know us the best thing you can do to help us grow is to rate the podcast Mm -hmm. and leave a review Yes. so pause rate, nice review ones only like don't do that <laughs> but like please you know please it helps us grow we've reached 10,000 downloads and we'll have to celebrate that in a bigger way when we're all three together in Row is here but definitely pause um, and make sure you go do that
0: woop so with woop.
1: that let's dive the ride right in you know, and men, don't let's be shy. Do Stick around for this this podcast and share it. Like if you're a dad, that'd be great mm-hmm. to know. If you're a partner, husband, you know, whatever, like send this to a lady in your life, change their world. But let's start <laughs> with the first question of laying down some context because you talked a little bit in the question of the week of like, what is a, an healthy normal cycle? So mm-hmm. when we look at like the definition, right, what is considered a healthy cycle length?
0: Yep. So traditionally, we hear that 28 days is about the average cycle. Um, and as I mentioned, it can start earlier between that 21 and 23 days, as long as you've kind of identified that as your normal and consistency and you're feeling good. Um, but it can go also go up to about 32 days. So it can definitely vary. And that's why we always want to take this individualized approach to one, learning about your body specifically and then how to support. So your first day of your cycle starts with your period. So the first day that you start bleeding, that is day one. Um, If you're spotting that from what I know doesn't count as day one, it's when you are bleeding throughout the day consistently, that's day one of the cycle And um, the last day of your cycle will be the day before your next period. So wherever you fall in this range, consistency is what I consider healthy. Um, So whatever that means for you. 100%.
1: And I think anyone listening who doesn't already do this highly recommend tracking your period, whether you're on hormonal Mm -hmm. birth control or not. I think just connecting to understand what is normal is an amazing practice. I love the app um, In the Flow. That's mm-hmm. my favorite. Is that what you use to track your cycle?
0: I recently s- started using natural cycles because it came with the thermometer. And and I'm sure you can put your temperature in the inflow app. I don't remember if you can or not or if they've updated it. But I switched over to natural cycles, which is just like a one-year fee. Um, they send you a thermometer. And uh, I really enjoyed their all the things that you could add, including your temperature, because I really wanted to confirm ovulation since I do have shorter cycles and it wasn't always like consistent with uh, discharge and things like that.
1: Yeah. I don't track my basal metabolic temperature, but I feel Mm -hmm. like I probably should.
0: It's cool. Like, it's one, like, that was kind of like one of the last things I added when it came to period health and awareness, because it is hard to remember. And it can just kind of be a nuisance. And I'm not someone that's trying to get pregnant. But I am someone who doesn't want to be on birth control. So... It's good to know if you are not trying to get pregnant when you're ovulating.
1: Yeah, the fertility awareness method works both ways. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Nice. So what's the difference between a period and a withdrawal bleed? I think we need to define the difference here.
0: Right. So um, a natural cycle or hormone-free birth control, that is what is going to be considered your period, um, versus being on hormonal birth control. This is not a real period. This is what we would consider a withdrawal bleed. Um, so you're on the pill and then you have like that week of sugar pills. This isn't, um, the actual natural period that you would be experiencing if you weren't on birth control.
1: Yep. So definitely different. And I will say like moving forward for the rest of the podcast, this really does apply to if you have a natural cycle and you're not on hormonal birth control. It's just harder to understand because essentially your body is using the pills that you're taking to sync up to a different hormone cycle. So we we might not really know what's going on underneath. So Mm -hmm. a lot of the things we're going to talk about in the different types of periods have a lot to do with natural cycles. However, you might listen to this and be like, "Oh, like some of this is still happening, and it can still be clues as to what's missing." So, like for example, um, we're going to talk about the different period archetypes I created when I was feeling like I was being hilarious that morning, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. And like one of them is the brown period, where there's a little bit of brown blood in the beginning and the end. And sometimes you might still have that even when you're on the pill, because you're not getting enough progesterone from the pill. So mm-hmm. you might notice some correlations, but I did want to like give that little asterisk as to we're talking about um, non-hormonal birth control or natural cycles and, and periods in this context. Cool. So we're going to dive into the five archetypes. I think it's just a fun way to have a discussion around <laughs> periods. So we're going to start with the MIA period. Her vibe is she ran out of the club and left a shoe behind, Nicole, what do we mean with our MIA period? What is happening with this?
0: Yes. So it's exactly like it sounds. You're falling outside of that 30-day window. Um, Your periods are super sporadic or they're just totally gone. Like you don't know where she went. Where are you? Hello. Come back. (laughs) Um, a lot of the, a lot of the time this is associated with under eating, um, and or over training and stress also plays a really big role here. And we'll see that in other archetypes as well. Um, I highly recommend hormone testing in this situation. Um, and if you don't want to do the hormone testing, Obviously, like we can always start with adding in nutrition support and lifestyle support, but this just gives us a clear picture of like, okay, what is happening with the rise and fall of estrogen and progesterone and other things? So as long as it's been six months since quitting hormonal birth control, this is a good option.
1: Yeah. And I think... A myth I want to bust here is that, like, oh, you're an athlete. It's okay. It's normal to miss your period. It's not normal and it's not okay. And we need it. We need it for biological reasons. It means that we've got this ebb and flow of hormones that is supposed to take place in our infradian rhythm so Mm -hmm. something is wrong and if someone tells you that fire your doctor find a new one find a dietitian or someone who specializes in hormone healing um, Mm -hmm. because you really want to get to the root of that because it can lead to a whole host of issues some of them which are very very serious like osteoporosis yeah Yeah. Um, and that just like reminds me
0: of like growing up when we didn't have this discussion of what a period is and like nobody wanted to talk about it because it was quote unquote embarrassing. Like this is not embarrassing. This is a super powerful tool. And I would remember like almost getting like praised for not having a period because like, oh my gosh, like how lucky are you that you don't have to deal with this? Like so annoying that we have to deal with this. And like, it's so embarrassing. And I'm just like, and that is like the the narrative that was ingrained of if you're missing your period, like, that's a blessing. (laughs) And it's just like, no, like, it's not something we need to be ashamed of. And it's something that we we want to support and have on our side. Yeah, there's this
1: huge disconnection between – how we view our bodies. And I think that's like the perfect example. And I think as women, when you understand this flow, because things will change as the hormones change, right? Like your energy is going to vary throughout the month, roughly, you know, whatever your normal consistent window is. And that's, It's supposed to be that way. And I think when you understand that and you can connect with that, you can organize your work schedule and your social calendar and other things to fit it and be much more aligned with your natural Mm -hmm. rhythm. And that's really where the magic happens, let me tell you. Like we're not meant to do the nine to five hustle day in and day out. It looks the same men are designed that way. Our society is designed that way, right? Like for mm-hmm. obvious reasons. And we won't get into my opinions there. <laughs> um, but that's just not how we're meant to function as women. And so I think connecting back to this cycle and having this knowledge is just so, so powerful. It is, yeah. let's make periods cool again. Literally, It's cool to have them.
0: I love it when women celebrate, like, especially if they haven't, if they have been this person who hasn't had a period in a really long time, they're like, oh my God, I got my period because we're starting to rewrite that narrative of this is awesome. Like, it's just, it's something that we were biologically designed to have.
1: I'm sure you can relate that like those wins with clients are to me, like, it will literally bring me to tears out of happiness Mm -hmm. versus like, I don't give shit how much you weigh love you yeah. all but i don't give a shit how much you weigh <laughs> I, but yeah. if you tell me that like we got a period back after 18 years i will shed tears
0: yes absolutely
1: all right so next archetype everyone's favorite the heavy period right i know like i know i feel like every woman has been here at some point in her life yeah the vibe talk about a freaking debbie downer we just want her to shut the fuck up about her ex already How would you define the heavy period and what symptoms are occurring here?
0: Yeah, I have definitely been here. Um, If you've got a very heavy period with lots of clots or clumps, this can be a sign um, your estrogen levels are too high in proportion to progesterone. So sometimes the blood can have this almost like, be like, almost like purple. Um, and this usually means there's more severe PMS symptoms like cramps or mood swings that come with the heaviness of the period as well. So it definitely can tell us a little bit of what's going on. Um, but yeah, it's never fun. Who wants that? The heavy period? No, a lot of symptoms, which is like why I created this archetype is like
1: depression is real, mm-hmm. like super mm-hmm. low energy. Um, yeah. that was kind of the inspiration here. And I think these will change throughout your life. Like we've kind of alluded to, like we've kind of had, sometimes we'll fall into these zones and really it can be, we have high estrogen or it's just higher in proportion to our progesterone. So there can be a couple different things in play, which is why we're obsessed with the testing and our private practices. But what can someone start doing if they recognize like, okay, uh Oh, this is me. Like, what can they focus on to get started have better help now.
0: Mm -hmm. So a really cool thing is that estrogen loves to bind to fiber. Um, So we want to be eating fibrous foods in our diet um, as as well as cruciferous veggies like Brussels sprouts um, and cauliflower. Um, And then when that estrogen binds to the fiber, it's excreted in our bowel movements. So that's why it's really... Um, important to be having daily bowel movements. And this is something both me and Brooke work on in our private practice with clients is that that digestion piece, because we want to be having bowel movements because that's kind of like the last phase of detoxification and um, getting rid of things like excess estrogen.
1: Yeah, and there's a couple different, there can be a lot of different things going on if you're not having healthy daily bowel movements. I would say the Mm. most common thing I see is women with constipation. And so, like, just to give someone maybe some tips to get started there, I would absolutely address, are you drinking enough water? That's, like, a really big easy win. Like, are we drinking enough water? Are we moving our body every day? And are we eating enough and we're eating regularly? Because if we don't have enough bulk and we're not eating enough, we're not going to have regular bowel movements. And so, always fix that piece first before you even start worrying about, well, like, I need to have fiber and cruciferous veggies because doesn't really matter if it's binding to anything if you're not pushing it out. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so true.
1: All right. I know this one, this next archetype was the one I struggled with the most. from it. So I have a lot of experience <laughs> with this one. But if in the first few days or the last few days of your period, you have a brownish blood, then you have what I call the brown period. Her vibe, aloof, paranoid, obsessed with conspiracy theories. <laughs> She's gone down a rabbit hole on Reddit. She is not sleeping. Um, <laughs> why does this happen, and what are the other red flags?
0: So this is a sign that you don't have enough progesterone, and this is obviously very important for fertility. You might experience things like anxiety, depression, mood swings, trouble focusing or concentrating, difficulty sleeping, and all kinds of other issues from low progesterone. Um, Brooke, you have any? lived experience stories (laughs) I just joke that like
1: I thought I had really bad anxiety and then I realized I just didn't have enough progesterone
0: Mm -hmm. it
1: it really it really makes such an impact and I think this is why we're starting to see in medicine um, and psychology specifically like a bigger tie to like functional medicine because we're understanding like oh there's other reasons that someone might be having mood swings or difficulty concentrating or trouble sleeping. And so progesterone is extremely, extremely important. And um, I think as far as, well, I guess the next piece to this puzzle is like, well, well, then what do we do to boost our progesterone production? And the Mm -hmm. biggest thing is eating enough. And it's going to be really important that you've got, you know how much to eat. And this is obviously individualized. Like we cannot summarize it on an hour long podcast, but You've got to eat enough and you have to make sure you have enough healthy fats. The coolest thing is, is our fats and cholesterol are actually the precursor to building the progesterone. So we have to have that there. It's very important that we have healthy fats. So like don't recommend ever following a low fat diet as a woman or really anyone. There's Mm -hmm. just a, a lot of value there specifically like in, you know, in high fat foods like avocado, we get a lot of vitamin E, which is important for progesterone production The other really big heavy hitters micronutrient wise that we need to have on board to help with progesterone production are magnesium. A lot of women tend to be low in this because there's also a tie to depletion with stress and adrenals. So almost every woman I feel like I work with, we're like, we need some magnesium on board. It also helps with the methylation of estrogen. So it plays a big role in a lot of different things, but you can have pumpkin seeds. Make sure you've got beans and legumes worked into your rotation to get good magnesium. And then B6 is a big one. Your B vitamins are always going to be important. They're very much these like keys that unlock the pathways in a lot of different parts of our metabolism and how our body functions. Beef liver is an excellent source. If you're not going to eat it, highly recommend doing capsules, chickpeas, seafood, poultry, Vitamin C and zinc are the other two. Vitamin C will be any citrus, berries, broccoli is actually high in vitamin C. Um, and zinc will be seafoods, beef liver, really most meats. And what's really cool about all of this um is that most of these you can actually get from just beef liver so i've been like i'm not recommending you go be like the liver king but <laughs> i've been getting really into <laughs> organ meats and i think like i recommend to just about every female client depending on what their blood work and mineral status looks like on their hair tissue mineral analysis like beef liver capsules because it just this natural vitamin that just like hits all your bases so i'm a big fan
0: yeah it's a good one
1: Yeah, that's my spiel on the progesterone. (laughs) Really important that if that's not happening, like that's also a big piece of fertility. So if that's not happening Mm -hmm. and you're noticing these signs, definitely like reach out and work with a dietitian and start getting things on track. All right, let's move on to our next alter ego. The short pink period, her vibe, Little Miss Uptight, everyone in the office is avoiding her how is this version of this cycle defined?
0: So during the first few days and, um, or the last few days, if you're seeing a pinkish color, that's a sign you don't have enough estrogen. Um, and the lack of estrogen also tends to make your period shorter. So this is the time that you are actually bleeding. Um, the, And this can lead to a lot of different health issues like heart problems and osteoporosis. um, And a lot of the side effects that come with this, like, aren't fun, (laughs) like hair thinning and low sex drive. This will start to happen in premenopausal state. So it's important to note that um, if you are kind of at that place in life with that transition,
1: Nice. I would say I don't see this one as much with clients. Do you?
0: No. um, I, I have worked with a a couple clients who were kind of on that border of going towards like the premenopausal state. So um, saw it there a little bit, but we didn't do any individualized testing. So like we couldn't really confirm, but I would say like, that's the only place that I have seen it and kind of like hearing more about these symptoms, things like that, but it's not, it's not something I see very often, I will say.
1: Yeah. And I mean, there's definitely things you can do to help or, you know, I think to food focus and lifestyle wise anyway with estrogen. Mm -hmm. So I know there's a couple big heavy hitters. Like what would you say should be in focus for low estrogen?
0: Yeah. So this is where we could. Really use a foundational multi or prenatal um, and fish oil, those are really, really great for getting that estrogen back up. Um, you can use maca, um, and I know I've only seen maca in powdered form. Have you seen it any other way? Brooke? I've only seen it in powdered, like when you make tea, okay. you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. and you could just use like a half to one teaspoon uh, per day. It's that, and that's like like Brooke said, just super easy to add to something like tea. And then you really want to ensure adequate calories with carbs, fats, and proteins. So this is really where that conversation comes in of there are so many different diet tips out there, and they're almost always focusing on eliminating something. Honestly, if someone is beginning a conversation with eliminating a food group or whatever, like just run in the opposite direction because <laughs> all of these different macro and micronutrients, you need them. Especially macronutrients, Like you need all three. They're called macro for a reason. They are like the building blocks of everything else. Um, And then that's how we're going to get that variety in the micronutrients of everything we just listed above with like the B6 and the zinc and the magnesium. Um, Stress management, that's a huge one probably for everything. Stress has such a big impact on our health and especially hormone production. Gut health can also yeah. play a role here. Um, we need beneficial bacteria to line the walls of our gut. And probiotics can be helpful either through increasing that through your food or if you're someone that um, would benefit from having a high quality probiotic supplement, that can help as well. And then, of course, sleep. We we love sleep on the podcast. I mean, I don't know about Roe. I love sleep. Brooke loves sleep. <laughs> Team sleep.
1: I think for a lot of these, the stress and the sleep are just as important as the food and that gets overlooked so much. And I know on my own health journey, I overlooked it. I was like, oh, I just know what to eat. Like I can easily eat this food and do this workout. I've got this. But truly Mm -hmm. the stress and the sleep plays such a big, big role and you're only going to get so far and then you're going to hit a wall in your healing journey where you're like, oh shit. And you're going to have to get the stress and the sleep under control. And that's a big thing like that's why we spend a lot of time doing that with clients like there's a certain extent where obviously we need to refer out to a therapist or or a mental uh, emotional or spiritual some type of advisor that's aligned for them to help through some certain things but I think even just time management like is a big one I noticed with women where it's like that we're working against that, that natural clock and we just need to know how to better organize our day and just mm-hmm. structure things so that we're not just like constantly being drained of energy and we're making sure we're filling our cup and we do have some energy giving activities too.
0: Yeah. And I was talking about this on my Instagram page yesterday um about identifying like core values and i think that's something we don't do enough as well and how like our daily habits should reflect like who we are as a person like what we truly identify as and for me like i truly identify as, as a very like intuitive person an intentional person um, i love peace like I'm not trying to be chaotic (laughs) um so (laughs) it's just like things like that too can be really helpful if like you've never done a core values like exercise I would highly recommend that too of just like what place like is my habit stemming from am I choosing habits because someone else is putting this label on me or have I truly identified who I am and this is how I want to show up in, in my life and in the world
1: I love that. I recently wrote a blog about that, too. I love that we're on the same page. And I feel like the other step further is like once you identify these core values, then ask yourself if someone followed you around for a day, would they know that that's your core values? Are you actually Mm -hmm. acting in integrity aligned with those values? And then you can usually figure out what's misaligned. And you Mm -hmm. can really just like right there, you could probably eliminate a lot of stress and start living more aligned and solve a lot of problems.
0: Yeah, literally.
1: All right, we've finally arrived at the queen bee period. I call her the red queen period. Her vibe. She's the chick everyone wants to be who radiates fertile self-confidence. Coco, what is happening in this healthy cycle that every woman is after?
0: We love to see it. A beautiful deep red color. Think like cranberry or cherry red without the clots or clumps. And this means your hormone levels are balanced and it's definitely – a cause for celebration, like Brooke said earlier, like this is the stuff we want to hear about. I'm like, this is awesome. Um, the ideal length of your the time that you're bleeding is gonna be four to seven days long. Physical symptoms are at a minimum. Also, as Brooke mentioned earlier, we're gonna have some symptoms. That's how our body communicates with us. We're not trying to just like never feel anything in our body, it's not gonna how it works. Um, and sometimes it's on, honestly gonna feel like your cycle sneak. Up on you when you are in this place because you're not experiencing that debilitating PMS and the things that are really negatively impacting your day. So this is what we want to see. Like we want to be able to still live our life and be in tune with what our body is saying. Um, that definitely doesn't mean like you're not gonna experience like maybe low energy or just like a little bit of PMS or symptoms. Um but I definitely, you'll definitely see a difference of just like, okay, I don't want to murder everyone <laughs> um, and whatever else you may be experiencing.
1: I think for for me, what I love about this is I do feel like my period sneaks up on me now, which is like a blessing and a curse. That's why I would recommend tracking mm-hmm. it. Like have a calendar mm-hmm. so you know when it's coming. Yeah. But like you said, you're still going to have a little bit of symptoms because you're shedding the lining of an organ, right? like this is kind of a big deal, and then you're gonna bleed, and like so they're it's gonna happen, and I'll say though the symptoms leading up to the period are way, way, way less. There'll still be a little mm-hmm. bit of bloating, right? Like there's yeah. certain things that are always going to be there, a little bit of cramping at the beginning, maybe, but like it's not this huge like "I'm wrecked for two days before I can't function during like that is not the vibe,
0: yeah, absolutely
1: we don't want that. Nope. And I know that we both went through a hormone Mm -hmm. healing journey on our own. And so I kind of just want to talk about, this is obviously different for everyone, but like, what are things that really helped you? And like, what are some great hormone healing must haves like that you really like in your routine?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a little bit of background on me in case you relate to any of this is, like I said, I have about sh- a little bit of shorter cycles, mine are 21 to 23 days long, and I was struggling with um androgen dominance, uh, which can fall on the side of um, kind of like PCOS. I have not been diagnosed with PCOS, but there is definitely um that precursor just like in my family it's something that uh has that other family members have experienced and i know that's kind of like on the docket of things to look for in my own personal life and especially with androgen dominance and pcos two of like the biggest things for me one was stress management like that was probably the biggest one for me is truly supporting and minimizing stress whenever i could i love to play, uh, just like worst case scenario a lot in my mind. And just with like the people that I love of just like talking about the what ifs and it just wasn't doing, it wasn't doing me any good. So having those really high stress levels throughout the day, um, I kind of, I call it like my nervous system snacks. I just try to take (laughs) a few minutes here and there to either go outside, to get away from my computer. Um, Exercise is huge for me and stress management and just like feeling grounded in my body. And um, I would also say just like insulin or balancing blood sugar. That was a big one for me of just making sure that I wasn't forgetting to eat like I wasn't going long periods without eating and I was prioritizing protein and fiber especially that was really big for me um I wasn't getting in enough protein especially at at times like breakfast which just kind of like started my day off on like I'm already in this deficit almost so um focusing on that was really helpful so I would say stress nutrition and then, like I've always been a sleep queen, <laughs> so <laughs> continuing that You're routine. You're good at that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, those are those are my big ones, and really just like prioritizing joy into your day, like however that looks for you. I love that so much. What
1: did it look like for you with breakfast and protein? Like you said, you weren't eating enough. I know, obviously, it's going to be a little different for everyone, but to give someone like a ballpark, like what is your goal roughly at breakfast with protein?
0: Yeah. My goal personally, especially because I'm also a person that weightlifts multiple times a week, um, I want to have at least. 30 grams. So maybe that was adding in an extra egg with my breakfast. Um, maybe that was adding in like a little bowl of oatmeal and making sure that I either made it with like soy milk or whole milk or not cow's milk, not whole milk. Um, it can yeah. be any of the the percentage of milks. Um, and like adding in that healthy fat through like peanut butter or, um, a lot of like seeds like chia seeds flax seeds things like that but just trying to get in as much variety but really honing in on at least like that 30 grams in the morning
1: how long like do you remember consistency wise of like all right I really am gonna start dialing in on getting my hormones right to when Mm -hmm. you felt like all right my consistent queen period is here like how long was that for you
0: um I would say that it took about three months But that was also like, I'm not like I was not a person coming off birth control. I had very minimal experience with birth control. So everybody's story is different. So I kind of came into this already in that natural cycle mode. Um, I just really needed to add in some support to kind of get the wheels turning again um, in a way that felt, like, helped me feel my best. So I would say about three months is when I really, because isn't it, like, our cycles are actually, like, the cycle that you have coming up, actually, like, everything, all the mechanisms started being in the works 90 days ago. So whatever you do today impacts the cycle that you're going to have in 90 days from now. Um, so, yeah, three months was about average for me. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, And you did your own testing, I'm asking you a ton Mm -hmm. of questions, but I think it's important we Mm -hmm. normalize our cycles and our own journeys too. Yeah. What testing did you do on yourself, like for your hormone journey?
0: Mm -hmm. I did the Dutch Complete, um, which showed how estrogen and progesterone were rising and falling. It also showed things like DHEA and um, the cortisol production. So how is our cortisol spiking? Is it spiking as it should in the morning? Is it staying elevated throughout the day when it should start falling? Um, And then is it uh, at a like minimal level in the evening so we can start winding down, going to bed, having that healthy melatonin production, um, and then also showing me the androgen dominance as well? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Did you look at the gut as part of it or do any hair tissue mineral analysis or anything like that?
0: Yes, I did both of those as well Um, with gut health was a really cool one to see of just like how can I support that really strong lining and how can I make sure that I have that um, good proportion of gut bacteria. Um, so like our opportunistic bacteria and then our, um, good bacterial flora are those in a good balance and how is everything. And then also like making sure that I'm having daily bowel movements Mm -hmm. and, um, it's just like another cool kind of like tool to use of is everything working the way it should.
1: Yeah. Well, they're so, so connected and we, we're starting to understand that a lot more now, but like if there's something going on in the gut so that you're not absorbing the nutrients you need and we just went through why nutrients are so important, then like Mm -hmm. that could be the missing key is like, we just need to fix the gut so you can absorb the nutrients to do the things. So that's why I think the gut is always every single client. That's our our bare minimum of what we're testing. Yeah,
0: absolutely. What about you? What are some of your faves um, to just like hormone healing and making sure that you are feeling your best?
1: I feel like it's this big evolution. Like I didn't do all the things at once, nor would I ever recommend anyone else does. It's like I joke that it's kind of like, yeah, it's a burn it down vibes, but like slow controlled burns that your nervous system can handle like a chunk Mm -hmm. at a time. We're like creating a new life for you. Um, but for me, it was different because it started with coming off of birth control and having a really gnarly post birth control syndrome experience. Cause I was on it for almost 15 years, which is freaking wild to think about. Yeah. Um, but I was on it for almost 15 years straight came off of it and it took me more like six to nine months before I was in a really healthy place. And, mm-hmm. My biggest pieces in the beginning when I was just starting the journey was similar to you was just making sure I was prioritizing like the meal timing and balancing blood sugar and eating enough. Like we're humans too. Like we're dietitians and we Mm -hmm. study this. Yes. But we're also humans who work at computers and have busy schedules and and we have to pay attention to those things too. So that was a really big piece and just like honoring that like I need to block out that time for me to have those meals or snacks or whatever nourishment I need. And repleting a lot of the deficiencies. Like I had a lot of micronutrient deficiencies and really, really low normal gut flora that would have been beneficial that I needed. And so it was kind of going through this journey of like, all right, we need to give you a boost through probiotics and supplementation and really being intentional with my food choices. And I think that's really what unlocked my beliefs into food quality. It's really just not calories in and calories out, people. Like You're missing the whole point. Of health and nutrition, if that's the mindset you subscribe to. And so that was kind of where I started. And then I think the other big pieces. Oh, it's starting we're starting to get a jungle rainstorm. So if you have mm-hmm. a rain ambiance, it's the metal roof oh, yeah. rain in the jungle. Um <laughs> style machine. <laughs> it really is. Like at night, this is so relaxing. Yeah. It's definitely a relaxing place to be. So you guys can just enjoy the jungle rain <laughs> vibes with us. But um Those I would say were like my big ones in the beginning. And then uh, like sleep, I am like a circadian rhythm obsessed and I restructured my whole business and my whole life to sync with my cycle as people call it, where I'm being really intentional with like, where's my where am I spending my time? Like I'm not scheduling presentations the first or second day of my period. I can tell you that. And just like honoring Mm -hmm. that I have a natural flow. And I, I'm also a projector for those of you that are into human design. So -hmm. it's important that like, I understand where I'm most efficient and that's my zone of genius. Like I am, system structure and efficiency and now i've even added this layer of cycle syncing and it's really changed my whole life which is why i started the empowered women's nutrition mastermind i'm just like this is it like every woman Mm -hmm. needs to understand this about their body i'm probably missing stuff but
0: yeah i mean it's super complex and i feel like it changes like every day of just you're not going to do the same list of things every single day I mean, obviously things like nutrition, sleep, and like stress management, we want to have like that foundation, but there's definitely going to be things that change. Like I don't go to the gym every single day. Some days I just need to go sit outside for like 20 minutes. And like, that's kind of my, how I decompress and how I, um, just like sit with myself. So there's a lot of different tools in the toolkit. And I think that's, what's so cool is like, you get to choose what, um, what serves you and whatever phase you're in or, um, whatever's going on at that time.
1: I feel like it's this constant evolution of us. Like we very much, we, we learn and then we practice like what we're, we're learning and we're teaching others. Like we really embody that. And then we start, you know, teaching it to others, I guess Uh, for me, it's like, I learn, I do, I embody, I teach. I think that's like the rhythm that I'm at. And I think for right now, the next layer I've really been exploring that I'm fascinated by is endocrine disruptors in our products and beauty specifically. Mm -hmm. So I've been learning a lot about how that impacts the body and hormones and finding healthy beauty swaps and cleaning up my beauty routine and making it more supportive. I almost have this like hormone holistic spa day. I feel like this will be a masterclass I need to do at some point where I have like my gua sha and my dry brush and castor oil packs and like different things where it's like really self care that supports my hormones and in a really Mm -hmm. big way. And I'm loving exploring that, but I think it'll just constantly be like, we're, we really know so little about the human body, especially a woman's body. It's like disturbing. We were not even supposed, we were not even included in research until the very, very late, 19th century like it's very strange to me so I think that we're still going to keep learning just how much things impact us and what's important for us and we're going to keep like growing and evolving and learning is there anything that you're like learning and incorporating kind of exploring next in your hormone healing journey
0: Um, I would say that something I'm super interested in learning more about is the lymph drainage. And like you just mentioned, like dry brush, dry brushing and things like that. Um, yeah, I would say the drainage pathways seem really cool, but I haven't dived all the way in yet.
1: Uh, If Ro was here, he would tell us this is woo bullshit, that there isn't research to back up. So I want to speak to it, Ro. He's not here, but he's here. Um, Mm -hmm. There isn't a lot of research on the lymph flow stuff and the dry brushing. However, if you just understand the lymphatic system and a lot of this is actually rooted in like Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine and things that have been around for like way way longer than western research um mm-hmm. and i think that there's something to be said for like honoring those traditional practices and learning how to blend eastern and western medicine and practices and ideas so that's yeah. that's my my spiel on that dry brushing isn't going to hurt you so like i am for it that's something i always teach uh the women i work with because i'm a big fan of making sure drainage pathways are open and flowing
0: yeah for sure
1: I love it. I feel like this was a really great conversation. I we miss you, I Robo. Shout out, <laughs> Robo. But I'm glad that we got to have this podcast and kind of decode what the period looks like. I know Nicole and I are both really, really passionate about this um, and making sure that other women don't have to go through it the way we did and that there is support and there are answers and you can feel better. So definitely reach mm-hmm. out to at health unfiltered pod or to Nicole and my, or myself, if you have questions, we share a ton, a ton, a ton of free information on our Instagrams. So definitely, you know, if you're interested and just want to like dip a toe in the pond and you're like curious, (laughs) um, give us a follow and just, uh, definitely get on our email lists and things so that you can see what we're up to. And we, we share a lot of valuable information through those. Any other final
0: thoughts before I give us our outro? No, this was great. We got to meet a lot of, period period vibes archetypes (laughs) (laughs)
1: i've i've got to do something with them because i i think i'm funny but no one else might think i'm funny but i think the characters little characters my sister's coming to visit me in costa rica here at the end of november and i was like will you do a series of reels with me and we can act out the period archetypes? And she's like, you're wild, but yes. So stay tuned because we Um, are going to expand upon this.
0: (laughs) I will be staying (laughs) tuned. Absolutely. Yes.
1: All right. Cool. Well, we are all currently accepting clients. Roe is the master of all things exercise and performance. He is not here today because he's doing really fancy PhD research, but he is an absolute wealth of knowledge. If you're new around here, you definitely want to go check out the podcast that he is featured on. Big, juicy brain. His, <laughs> his giga brain energy. <laughs> Uh, Nicole is our non-diet dietitian and she's helping you know your body better so you can feel better through nutrition and lifestyle support. She does all the functional nutrition testing and the things that we talked about on the show. My name is Brooke and myself and the West Nutrition Co. team. We specialize in supporting active bodies and solving digestive and hormonal symptoms. And we always use lab testing to get to the root. I call myself Nutrition Nancy Drew because of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Follow us at healthunfilteredpod on Instagram and keep those questions of the week coming. DM our main account or DM us individually. We will feature your question and talk it through on an episode. Rate us, Mm -hmm. share us, leave a review. Send all the mean shit to Ro, though. And (laughs) make sure that you... Um. Yeah, make sure that you rate and review. And I think that was everything I had to
0: say. I think that was it. Okay. Row on that note, off negative feedback. So <laughs> <laughs> feed there the gigabrain go. with your <laughs> negative reviews. <laughs>
1: All right. On that note, Nicole, will you do the honors? Oh my gosh, I never get to do it.
0: Cue that music. Bye, y'all. Bye, everybody.